who we are in Christ is who we really are. Amen? Just turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Philemon. As we get ready to make a declaration here in our new venue, let's go to the book of Philemon, the episode 2 Philemon, chapter 1. There's only one chapter in that episode. And we look at verse 6 as we get ready to stand up and make our declaration this morning. Philemon 1.6, Paul the Apostle writing to Philemon, he says that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. That the sharing of your faith or the fellowship or the communion of your faith is going to become effective by acknowledging Every good thing which is in you in Christ. See, we must acknowledge every good thing that is in us. Amen? Not acknowledge our feelings. Our feelings change like the weather. You know, you're so hot inside, you're cool outside. Not acknowledge our moods. Our mood change. Our moods change. But he said, acknowledge every good thing that is in you. Amen? Acknowledge the good things that are in you because you are in Christ Jesus. Because you're a believer, you're in Christ and there are good things in you. Amen? Your parents may not have told you that, but the Bible tells you the good things in you. Amen? Sometimes the only thing we hear is good for nothing, good for nothing, good for nothing. But the Bible says there are good things in you in Christ. Amen? And acknowledge those good things that are in you. Acknowledge that you are the righteousness of God. Acknowledge that God always causes you to triumph. Acknowledge that all the works of your hands are blessed. Acknowledge the good things that are in you. In Christ. And that makes the communication, the fellowship of our faith effective. Amen. So let's stand up to our feet. We're going to acknowledge the good things that are in Christ. Amen. We're not shy about it. We're just bold about it. Let's lift up our Bibles high up in the air. Let's declare this together. This is God's Word. This is God speaking to me. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will become everything God has promised. I'm saved, healed, delivered, redeemed. I'm blessed. Victorious, Victorious, prosperous, prosperous, triumphant. I'm a minister of God, a servant of Christ, and a channel of His blessing to many people. I receive His Word. I believe His Word. And I live by His Word. Christ is my Master. And to Him, I am in absolute surrender. In Jesus' name, Amen. Give a high five, pat on the back to the person sitting next to you. Give them your name. And you may be seated this morning. I want to welcome all of you once again to this new venue. We are on a journey. Amen? Tell a neighbor, I'm on a journey. We're all on a journey. And this is just an intermediate stop. Amen? 
I don't know how long we're going to be here in this auditorium. But this is just, we're just passing through. Amen? Tell a neighbor, I'm passing through. We are passing through this auditorium. We've entered in, there will be also a day when we believe. Amen? We're on our journey. And as a sequel to last Sunday's message where we talked about taking the next step. This morning, I want us to just spend some time talking about journeying with God. The fact that we are on a journey. And I want us to learn some things this morning on how to journey with God. You know, our Christian life, our walk with God many times is, it can be compared to a journey. We are moving from glory to glory, from faith to faith, from strength to strength. We are in a journey. Every journey begins with a departure. And every journey, hopefully, has a destination. Amen? Unless you're just taking a stroll around or, you know, just want to see the scene. The scenic route through Bangalore. But generally, every journey has a destination. You have a departure. You leave a certain place. You have a destination. You're going to a place. And every journey, or most journeys, would have intermediate stops. If you're leaving Bangalore to go to Delhi, or you're leaving Delhi to come to Bangalore, to become part of all people's church, hallelujah. You know... And if you're journeying by road, you probably will have a, several stops along the way. You're not going to reach there in three hours. You're going to have several stops along the way. Several intermediate locations that you have to pass through. And uh, as an individual, you are on a journey in life as you walk with God. We as a church corporately are on a journey together. The church is not about, you know, just having services. Amen? The church is a body that's been called out by God and called to a purpose, called to a destiny. Amen? You and I are the church, are one of those local churches in the city. We are on a journey. We've been called out by God and God has a destiny, a dream, a destination for us as a body. And we are in right now in that journey in transition there's one thing that happens that always happens in a journey it's called change amen when you're on a journey things are not static you are changing things around you are always changing amen we are being changed from glory to glory, from faith to faith, from strength to strength. So on a journey, things are always changing. And uh, so we must learn to get used to change. Some of us don't like change. We want things to be the way they are. We don't like it when things change. But we must get used to change if we are going to move forward with God on our journey. Amen? Now in the Bible, there are many journeys, journeys different people made. Abraham made a journey, several other people made a journey, and we can learn from their examples of how they journeyed with God. But this morning, I want us to look at the people of Israel as they journeyed with God. Let's go to 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 
verses 1 through 11. We're going to learn some lessons on how to journey with God. How to walk with God and go from where you are today to where God wants you to go. We want to learn some practical things here on journeying with God. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 1 through 11. Paul is writing about the people of Israel. He says, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses. It's not talking about water baptism. It's just talking about being committed and devoted and dedicated to Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. The only rock that moved. The rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. But with most of them God was not well pleased. For their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things became our examples. To the intent that we should not lust after evil things. As they also lusted. And do not become idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day 23,000 fell. Nor let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. Nor complain as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now all these things happened to them as examples and they were written for our admonition, our instruction upon whom the ends of the ages have to come. So Paul here in 1 Corinthians 10, he is writing by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and he's saying, look, there are lessons that we can learn from the journey that the people of Israel made with God. They journeyed with God. They did some wrong things which God wasn't too happy about. And you and I can learn from those lessons so that we don't make the same mistakes. They are written as examples to us to instruct us for our admonition, for our instruction. So we can learn some lessons from the journey that these people had with God as they left the land of Egypt and journeyed towards their promised land, the land of Canaan. We can learn some things. And I want to just kind of summarize these lessons in three very Key points. They may be very simple, nothing deep theologically, but nevertheless, they can be life-changing. They can be life-transforming. The first thing is, is that we can learn from the, from the people of Israel is this. As you journey with God, as you go from one location to another, the first thing is this. We must learn to release the past. Amen? Tell a neighbor, release the past. You know, as you go from one location to another... Maybe in your last location, you were in an ACI auditorium. And God transfers you from your AC auditorium into a, a semi-baking environment. And you look back and say, God, I thought your presence was there. But here it's hot, it's sticky, your presence has disappeared. Excuse me. Release the past. Amen. If you want to journey with God, you've got to learn to release the past. It's over. 
That was one location. But now you're in journeying with God. You're on to another location. And this isn't your final destination either. Hallelujah. Amen. See all those who got frozen. Are going to get heated up here. Amen. You can get on fire here. What kind of things? Uh, we must understand that each intermediate step or each intermediate stop is different from the other. Now we think, well, God led me to this place. Everything was wonderful. I had a feather, um, you know, a six-inch feather bed, room service, air-conditioned room. Wonderful. So we come under the assumption that the next, des- the next location God takes us into would also be the same. So you move, God takes you from a five-star hotel to a zero-star hotel. No room service, you sleep on the floor. And you say, God, uh, did something go wrong? No, 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 you're on the journey. You've just moved a little ahead with God. You've changed location, that's all. And when you change location, forget the past. Release the past. Some things we must learn and that we can learn from the people of Israel. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and look at verse number 6. It says, Now these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. So, you know, as they were in their journey, as God was taking them, uh, took them out of Egypt on the way to uh, the promised land Canaan, on the way... The Bible says they fell into some sort of a lust. You're saying, what in the world were they lusting after in the wilderness? I mean, you got cockroaches running around, you got sand all around you. I mean, what in the world can you lust after in the middle of a desert? But it says here, they they, they lusted, lusted after evil things. What kind of evil things were they lusting after? Let's go back in the Old Testament. We'll flip back and forth between 1 Corinthians 10 and different points in in the Old Testament. If you go to Numbers chapter 11, you find what they lusted after in the middle of a desert. Numbers chapter 11, verse 4 through 6, verses 4 through 6. Now of the mixed multitude who were among them, Yielded to intense craving. This is what they were lusting after. Intense craving. What was it? So the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who will give us meat to eat? We remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt. The cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions and the garlic. But now our whole being is dried up. There is nothing at all except this manna before our eyes. What were they lusting after? Meat, fish, onions, garlics, intense craving. And they are on a journey with God Almighty. God, I mean, they forgot. That in Egypt, they were in slavery. 
They had to work like dogs, you know, making bricks and building all the buildings for the Egyptians. And they're on a journey to a land flowing with milk and honey. And suddenly there's an intense craving. I want that biryani. Richie's biryani. I want those onions, those garlics, those things that I was eating in Egypt. Now, you know, these things were not wrong by themselves. There's nothing wrong with fish and meat. and There's nothing wrong. But their intense craving for those things caused it to become an evil thing. Amen. So here's a lesson to learn for us, for us as we are journeying with God. As you learn to release the past, you, you and I got to learn to release past pleasures. Release. Let me hear you. Release past pleasures. Do not allow the pleasurable experiences of the past become an illicit craving in your present. Amen. Do not allow the pleasurable experiences of the past. May God fed you with those wonderful things. Hallelujah. But no, He's feeding with something different. He's feeding you with manna. It's still God's provision for your life right now. But they rejected manna. We're having manna chapatis, manna rice, manna idlis, manna burgers, manna dosas. It's manna everything. God. We want some meat, we want some fish, we want some garlic, we want some onions. Because we used to have it in that previous location. Don't let the pleasurable experiences of the past become an illicit craving in your present. Because God does not like it. Amen. Release the past. It's okay, you remember it, you think about it, God was good. He did something wonderful at that time. But now, it's a different provision. He's giving you manna. This is what you need right now. And He's providing that for you. You receive it and be thankful to God for it. The second thing we see here about the releasing the past, which the people of Israel did not really do good at, was this in 1 Corinthians, back in 1 Corinthians 10, 10. It says... Nor complain as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. They complained. What did they complain about? Along their journey they were complaining. What were they complaining about? We can look at several examples back in the Old Testament of of what they complained about. In Exodus the 16th chapter... Verses 1 through 8, Exodus 16. I'll just read a few verses from that Exodus 16. Verse 1. As they journeyed from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month, after they departed from the land of Egypt, just two months after they came out of Egypt, man, they crossed the Red Sea. This was just two months. 15 days after they came out of it. Then the whole congregation, verse 2, of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, where we sat by the pots of meat, and when we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Verse number 8, And also Moses said, This shall be seen when the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening, and in the morning bread to the full. For the Lord hears your complaints which you make against Him. And what are we? Your complaints are not against us, but against the Lord. 
Numbers chapter 11, verses 1, 2, and 3. Numbers 11, 1, 2, and 3. But when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. For the Lord heard it, and his anger was, was aroused. So the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed them in the outskirts of the camp. This is what 1 Corinthians 10, 10 is referring to. 1 Corinthians 10, 10 said, Nor complain as some of them complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Along their journey, and there are many other uh, references where you find the people of Israel complaining against God. Complaining about things. They complained about Egypt. Look what we have left behind. We could have died in Egypt. But now you've brought us to this terrible wilderness to die here. So they always kept complaining about what they left behind. They kept complaining. See, you, you and I must learn to release the past as we are journeying with God. Learn to release a pleasurable experience of the past. Do not let the pleasurable experience of the past become an illicit craving now in the present. It was good for one time, but it's over. It's over. Put it behind you. Secondly, release the past. Release what you left behind. You know, we come in here and we always talk about, you know, when I was there, it was like this. When I was there, it was like this. We always talk about what we left behind. Look what I have left behind. Excuse me. Listen to this. When every time you want to complain about what you have left behind, just think about what God is taking you into. Amen. They left Egypt, but God was taking them to a land that was flowing with milk and honey. Yes, right now they were in journey. As part of the journey, they had to eat manna. As part of the journey, things were uncomfortable. As part of the journey, things were changing. It was very different. It was different from what they were used to. But listen, God's taking you to your destiny. God's taking you to your dream. God's taking you to His destination for your life. Along the way, things will be different. Things may be difficult. But don't complain of what you left behind. Think about where God is taking you to. Amen. You know... Every time they complain, there in Numbers 11, it says, when they complain, they displeased God. Do you know when we complain on our journey, we displease God? Amen. We have some visitors here. Amen. Hallelujah. When, when we complain on our journey, it displeases God. The Bible says His anger was aroused over them. Now here is a profound statement to help us. Every time you feel like complaining, just remember this. Are you ready? Just ask your neighbor, are you ready? Three words, very profound. Zip your lip. Amen? When you want to complain, zip your lip. Why? Because God hears your complaints. And God does not like complainers. Amen. God doesn't like complainers. It says they complained and they were destroyed by the destroyers. Complainers, murmuring and complaining will rob you of your destiny. Remember this is very important. Murmuring and complaining will rob you of your 
destiny. You know, we all, we all have complaints. One of the common complaints I've heard is, you know, Pastor, I liked our church when we were meeting in Patelzin. Why? Because we were like 30 people at that time. We knew everybody's name. We were so comfortable. We were so cozy. But Lord, but, but now we are in, you know, we have three, four hundred people coming together. I don't know the person who's sitting behind me, in front of me, behind, beside me many times. Oh, I feel like I'm lost in the crowd. And Amish are complaining. Hey, sometimes I think, man, what's wrong with these people? Why? For two reasons. One, we have something called cell groups. Amen? You want to know the names of 12 people? Go to a cell group. Amen? You can get to know them as much as you want. Go to a cell group. You'll have that same family atmosphere that we once had when we were about 25 people as a church. Secondly, I said, how big is your heart? Why aren't you happy that more people are coming to be blessed by the Lord, by His Word? Why aren't you happy when more lives are being touched and changed by God? Instead of complaining, we've got to be shouting and rejoicing that we are growing and more people are coming together and being ministered to. Can I hear an amen? amen? So why complain about, you know, what things used to be like? You know, when I was in Egypt, we had 25 people. Hey, but you're going to Canaan, you're going to a destiny. 50,000 people, get ready. Amen? Get ready. And if you want to make it, no complaints. Because complainers never reach their destiny. Can I hear an amen? amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> so no more complaints. No. <laughs> Complaining, murmuring will rob you of your destiny. These people were journeying with God. God was taking them to the land of Canaan. But when they complained, it says God was really upset and they died right there in the wilderness they never got close to their destiny. So enjoy your journey. So that brings us to the second point here. Uh, as we journey with God, number one, release the past. Number two, enjoy the present. Tell your neighbor, enjoy the present. See, when you're journeying with God, when we as a church, when we journey with God, we must learn to enjoy the journey. Enjoy the present. But you know, most of us, because we are so caught up with our complaining, we never enjoy the journey. And by the time we get to Canaan's land, and by the time we get into this land flowing with milk and honey, and we are full of, and we see the land of promise, by the time we get there, we have complained so much. that now that we got into Canaan's land, we complained that we had to go through the wilderness to get there. You're in the land of promise. No, but why did God take me through the wilderness to bring me here? Excuse me, forget it, man. Enjoy. Enjoy your land of promise. Amen. But we spend so much of our time complaining about the present, complaining about the journey, that we hardly enjoy anything that God is doing. So second important thing, as you walk with God, as you journey with God, enjoy the present. 
Enjoy the manna that God is giving you. Enjoy the water that He's bringing you, bringing for you out of the rock. Not too many people have that kind of a water supply. Amen. Enjoy what He's doing. Enjoy the cloud that's leading you. Enjoy the protection that you have. Enjoy the battles you're to fight and victories He has. He's giving you. Enjoy the journey. As you walk with God. Instead of just being caught up with complaining. And the fact that you've got to walk through difficult things. You know if you go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And look at verse 4 there. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 4. It says. And they all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. Notice this verse. This phrase there. The rock that followed them this is the only rock in history that was mobile the rock that followed them the word followed there in the greek simply means to go along the same way to accompany do you know that god's accompanying you on the journey amen see we all think god is in canaan no no god is in canaan sure but he's also with you right now so we are waiting for Canaan to be happy in the Lord. Excuse me. God's accompanying you. You can be happy in Him right now. Amen. Just tell your neighbor, the rock's following you. The rock is accompanying you. That rock, Jesus Christ, is with you on the journey. He's right there. And if, if your joy is coming from the Lord, excuse, you can be joyful right now. You don't have to be joy. You don't have to wait to get into Canaan's land to be joyful. You can joy in the Lord right now because He's right there with you. He's accompanying you on the journey. Now we're all waiting for our dreams to be fulfilled. He said, "God, you fulfill my dreams, I'll be happy." It's that's nice. I mean, yes, you will be happy when you get into your destiny, when you reach your destination. You will be happy, but you can be happy. You can have the joy of the Lord right now because that rock is accompanying you. He's right there with you on the journey. Amen. So enjoy the journey because the rock is accompanying you. And two things you and I must do to make sure that we enjoy the journey. Number one is we must overcome discouragement. Overcome discouragement. Because discouragement will rob you of the joy that God wants you to experience while you're on your journey. Discouragement will lead you to depression. Will lead you to feel sorry for yourself. You'll wallow in your self-pity. Oh God. And you will, you will not be able to enjoy the journey because you're discouraged. And so very important, on your journey, resist discouragement. Amen. You know, while the people of Israel got discouraged, this is what they did. If you look at 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 9, it says, Nor let us tempt Christ or test Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. You know, so it says along the journey, they wanted to test God. There's a difference from believing God and challenging God. When you believe God, you're saying, God, I trust you. When you challenge God, you're saying, God, I am testing you. Amen? You're a believer. You've been called to believe. When you believe, you trust God. 
But when you challenge God and you say, God, I want you to prove that you are who you really say you are. You're challenging him. You're testing him. But when you believe him saying, God, I believe that you are who you say you are. Therefore, Lord, do what you want to do in my life. You are trusting God. You are believing God. Now these people, the Bible says they tested Christ and they were destroyed by serpents. The the interesting thing is this. What caused them to test God? Let's go back in the Old Testament to Numbers, the 21st chapter, and find out what caused them to test God, to challenge uh, God, to you know, say, God, show me that you are who you say you are. In Numbers, the 21st chapter, verses 4 through 7, it says, Then they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. What happened? They became very Let me hear you. They became very discouraged on their journey. So they're walking with God, but they became very discouraged. The literal meaning is they became impatient. Meaning what they wanted didn't come as fast as they thought it would. They became discouraged on the the journey. And what happened? And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water and our soul loads this worthless bread. So the Lord sent fiery serpents among them and they bit the people and many of the people of Israel die. So this is what 1 Corinthians 10 verse 9 is referring to. It's, it's calling it testing God. And when they tested God, God caused, allowed fiery serpents to come and destroy many people. But why did they test God? It says they became discouraged on their journey. And so they spoke against God and against Moses. They began to challenge God. What is this? Are you the God who said you'll bring us to a land flowing with milk and honey? And look what you're doing. Where is this milk and honey? You know, we're walking through the wilderness. We're barely eating this manna and surviving on it. What is this? They spoke against God. Testing him, challenging him to prove that he is who he really said he is. And what was, what was it? But what caused them to do that? Discouragement. So if you want to enjoy your journey, you must overcome. Let me hear you. Overcome. You see, all of us will be tempted. We'll have plenty of opportunity to be discouraged along the way. You know, the things that we want to come to us may not come as quickly as we thought. Reason Canaan may seem a little longer than you thought. You thought it was a two-day journey and it now is taking two years. And you feel discouraged. Feel discouraged. And so what? It prevents you from enjoying the journey. You begin to tempt God. Where is God? What is He doing? I thought you would leave me beside still waters and green pastures. They seem very far away. No, no still waters here. No green pastures here. God, you got, you lost your way. So tempting God, testing God. So discouragement leads you very often to test God. Avoid it because it prevents you from enjoying the journey. Second thing that robbed these people of their joy in the journey was idolatry. Idolatry is simply a distraction. It distracts you from the true and living God. Amen? So, avoid distractions. Distractions 
will rob you of your joy in the journey. That's what happened to these people. We read, that, read about that in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 7. It says they, they became idolaters as some of them were. They sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. So distractions come with a false promise of enjoyment. They try to replace the true joy that you're supposed to have with God on your journey. And they come along the way. Now that's exactly what happened. They, they, they gave themselves to idolatry. You read of the entire story in the 32nd chapter of the book of Exodus. Exodus 32 verses 1 through 7. I'll just summarize it for you. What happened? Moses, the man of God, had to go. He had an appointment with God. So he went to meet with God. And he was spending time meeting with God. God was giving him instructions. So people were waiting for Moses to come back. There was a little delay. He didn't come back. And they said, you know, hey, we don't know what happened to Moses. Forget him. So Aaron, what do you say? Can we have some fun? Aaron said, sure. Bring all the gold. Let's make a golden calf. And have some fun with it. We'll have, some, we'll have a feast day here. You know? So what was it? It was a, a false pleasure. So they started celebrating and dancing around the golden calf. Which they made with their own hands. While Moses was away to meet God. Now here's something very important. This is a, light, this is a side thought. Tell your neighbor it's a side thought. Okay? It's not the main point. The side thought. The side thought is this. True leaders will point people to God. False leaders will distract people from God. Point them to themselves or to other things. A true leader always points people to but here's the other thing. In the absence of a true leader, Satan steps in to bring distractions. Moses went to meet with God. He was absent for that time, a period of time. Satan stepped in and said, let me distract the people. Amen. Side thought, coming back to the main point. Avoid distractions. Guard against idolatry. Guard against distractions on your journey. These idolatry or distractions come to you with a false promise saying, I'm going to give you joy. But understand that your true joy along the journey comes from the fact that God is with you. And your eyes are focused on Him. I mean, think about the number of people who began the journey. And they were journeying along well in their walk with God towards their call and their destiny. But along the way a distraction came. Success came with a false promise saying, look, if you pursue success, you will enjoy the journey. There's nothing wrong with success, but our eyes must be focused on the Lord. So suddenly along the journey, they started pursuing success and, and they missed out on God and they missed out their, the rest of their journey. Because they got distracted pursuing success or pursuing money or pursuing something else. These came as distractions. With a false promise of joy. And it robbed them of their destiny. So guard against distractions. As you journey with God. Enjoy your journey. But if you want to enjoy your journey. Two things. Overcome discouragement. Guard against discouragement. And secondly guard against distractions. Amen. Let me hear you. To enjoy your journey, you must guard against 
discouragement. And number two, God against distractions. Don't let things rob you of the true joy that you can have along the way. Lastly, as you journey with God, as I journey with God, as we as a body, as we journey with God, we must understand this. We must get ready for the future. Amen. As you sit here, I want you to tell yourself, I'm not going to be sitting here forever. Amen. There'll be a day when we'll announce to you, this is our last Sunday at St. Joseph's Indian High School Auditorium. The balcony is full. People are sitting all the way outside, on the floor, everywhere. And so we've, we are forced to move to a new location. I hope it would be the indoor stadium right across the street. Amen. I don't know. I hope it would be. So from next Sunday, we will be meeting at that location. Amen. So you say, but you know, I like this place. This is so nice. I like this, this you know, the interiors here. I just, I just enjoy this place. The presence of God is so wonderful. I don't want to come. Excuse me. Always be ready for your future. Amen. Because a time will come and God says, okay, time to get up. Step into your destiny. But you know, as we look upon the people of Israel, God brought them all the way to the edge of the land of Canaan. And uh, he said, let me just back up a bit. To get these people into their future, God gave them one very important instruction. Everybody who was going to make it to the land of Canaan had to stay in step with what God was doing. They had to stay in step with what God was doing. He gave very detailed instructions in the book of Numbers. Chapter 9 verses 15 through chapter 10 verse 11. So Numbers chapter 9 verse 15 on into chapter 10 through verse 11. I'll just summarize it for you. He gave very detailed instructions. He said, listen people. If you want to make it to the land of promise, here's what you must do. You are one camp. And all of you must learn to move when I move. He said, I'm going to put a cloud that will rest upon the tabernacle. Every time the cloud moves, you move. Every time the cloud stops, you stop. You must all do that. Amen. Cloud moves, you move. Cloud stops, you stop. Don't say, well, I, I feel like walking a few extra kilometers today. I'll just go a little ahead of the cloud because then, you know, I know the cloud's going in this direction anyway. So I'll just be a little ahead. So when they wake up tomorrow morning, they'll find me there already. No doing that. Cloud stops, you stop. Cloud moves, you move. Then he said in chapter 10 of Numbers, Numbers chapter 10, he said, and I'm going to institute this one thing. Leaders are going to blow horns. Trumpets. When they blow the horn twice, all of you get ready to march. Move. When they blow once, all leaders come together. They're going to have a meeting. When they're going out to war, they're going to blow the trumpet. And I'll, I'll remember you. And I'll give you victory. So he instituted another thing just to establish order so that everybody can move in step and in time with God. Amen. If we as a church 
are going to fulfill our destiny. If all of us together are going to enter into our land of promise. We must learn to walk in step and time with God. As one body. Amen. Nobody needs to run off there and say. Well you know I know the cloud is over there. But I'll just wander off a little here. I can see the cloud. That's okay. You know, I'm, in, I'm, I'm in invisible distance. I'll just wander off here a little bit. I can always come back. I see the cloud. No. Not allowed to do that. Stay with where, what God is doing. Stay in step with what God is doing. Stay in tune with the chord that God is playing right now. Amen. March according to the drum, drums of heaven. Be in step with God. Because we as a body have to move into our destiny. And that applies to you as an individual. When the cloud moves, you move. When the cloud stays, you stay. In your own life, in your own journey with God. You walk in step and time with God if you want to get into your land of promise. It helps you be ready for your future. The second thing we see that we can learn from the people of Israel is this. God brought them to the edge of the land of Canaan. And he said, look, I want you to go and take that land. Go and take it. He told them, I'm going to help you fight armies and people who are bigger and mightier than you. I'm going to help you take cities that are fortified. I'm going to help you take the cities. He gave them the promise. And then he said, go into the land of Canaan. Go in. Moses sent 12 spies to go spy out the land. And they came back and they said, whoa, there are giants there. There are huge fortified cities there. We can't go in. Tell a neighbor, there are giants in your future. Amen. Just because God is leading you doesn't mean there are no giants in your future. Amen. Everybody sitting here, there are giants in your future that you will have to learn to conquer in your journey with God. Just because God is with you and you are journeying with God does not mean there will be no giants that you have to face. But when you see a giant, you've got to glorify God. Say, hallelujah, here's a target I cannot miss. Amen? Even if I close my eyes and sling the stone, by chance I'll get it, man. I can't miss this. It's such a big giant. So when you see giants, there will be giants in your future. There will be giants in our future as a church. But we must be ready. We must walk by faith into our land of promise. The Bible says in Hebrews 11 verse 30 that by faith the walls of Jericho came down. You are going to face some Jericho walls in your future. There are going to be some impregnable situations. You're saying, you're standing before up against the wall and saying, God, I thought you were leading me into my land of promise, but I'm face to face with a wall that seems impossible to break through. And God says, walk around it. By faith, it will come down. Amen. So you've got to get ready for your future. Build your faith up. Get ready to walk by faith into your land of promise. We as a church will by faith walk into our land of promise. Amen. Get ready for your future as you're journeying with God. Get ready to step into your future. Get ready to uh, walk in step and time with Him. And get ready to exercise some great faith. Exercise some faith Pull down some giants. Pull down some fortified cities. But you need to build up your faith and be, in a, be ready to step into your future. Don't waste your present. 
Get ready for your future. Build your faith up. Get ready for some giants. Get ready for some walls. So when you come against some giants, when you come up against some uh, difficult walls like Jericho, you know you can do it with God. You built up your faith. You're ready for your future. Amen. When you're journeying with God, three simple things. Release the past. Release the past. Don't let the pleasurable experiences of the past become illicit cravings in the present. It doesn't please God. Release what you've left behind. Stop complaining of what you left behind. Complainers never make it into their destiny. Complainers. God does not like complainers. Amen. Secondly, as you're journeying with God, enjoy the present. Enjoy it. God's with you. He's accompanying you. The rock is following you. Enjoy the present. Amen. To enjoy the present, you must guard against discouragement. Don't let discouragement enter in. Because discouragement causes you to test God. So guard against discouragement. Guard against distractions. Distractions come with a false promise of joy. But they can never replace the joy that God brings. So to really enjoy your journey, stay focused on the Lord. Lastly, get ready for the future. Be ready to step into your land of promise. Walk in step in time with God. Build your faith up so that by faith you can walk into your land of promise. Get ready. Be ready. Amen. We as a church, we are on a journey. You hear it repeated from the pulpit many, many times. That we want to have five churches raised up in the city. North, south, east, west, and the middle. With each church growing to many thousands of people. Amen. That's our destiny. We want to be a church that will raise up churches all across this nation so we can impact and turn this nation around. We want to be a church that can go forth into the nations of this world, impacting many nations, taking the gospel all around the world. That's our destiny. It's not about Sunday morning services. Amen. We are a body. We are on a journey. I want to encourage you. Come on this journey all the way to our destiny. Don't let somebody else, don't have somebody else complete your journey. Amen. Why waste your life? Now don't go three quarters of the way and say, God, I'm tired. I'll let my brother finish the journey for me. No. Go all the way through into your land of promise. Go all the way through to where God will bring you. To where God wants to bring you. Don't ask somebody else to complete your journey for you. Go all the way through. Into what God has for your life. Into what God has for us as a church. Amen. Let's stand up to our feet. I want you to take some time to just respond to the word of God this morning. I'll call the worship team up. We are on a journey. You are on a journey with God. Got to learn to release the past. You got to enjoy the present. You got to get ready for your future. Don't waste your present, but use your present to prepare for the future.
only take some time this morning just to respond to what you heard. I wonder if you're here this morning and you're just looking back and allowing all the pleasurable experiences of the past become a craving in your heart. You're saying, God, if only I had that. If only if it was like that. If only the AC was in this auditorium. Whatever. Maybe something in your own personal life and you're just, God, if only I had that. Something of the past. Or you're saying, God, look what I've left behind and look where I am. Lord, I left all those wonderful things behind. Look where I am today. No, 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 no. Forget the past. Think of the land that God's taking you into, your land of promise. And maybe you've fallen into this trap of complaining and murmuring. God doesn't like murmuring. God doesn't like complaining. Complainers never make it to their destiny. You have a choice this morning. To zip your lip or just open up and give some thanksgiving to God and say, God, I may not understand everything of where I am, but I'll still worship you. I'll still bless you. I refuse to become a murmurer. I refuse to become a complainer. Because I know I'm just passing through. This is just another intermediate stop of my journey. I know I'm going to move out of this into something else. So go ahead and just talk to the Lord and just let go of that complaining. Maybe you just need to make a choice this morning to enjoy where you are. Just enjoy the present. The rock is accompanying you. He's with you now. And just make a choice saying, God, I'm just going to enjoy where I am. I can complain about the past, what I left. I can complain about the present of uncomfortable it is. But I make a choice to enjoy my present. Because you're with me in it. I don't know what situation of life you may be in this morning. You may be in a very, very difficult situation. Maybe your husband's left you. Maybe your husband just hates you. They say, what can I be happy about? Well, there's one thing you can be happy about. The rock is with you. Your joy comes from the Lord. You can still keep a smile on your face. You can keep a song in your heart. There can be a skip in your step, step because God is with you. Enjoy your presence. Don't give discouragement any room in your life. It might lead you to test God. And don't let any distraction rob you of your true joy. Go ahead, take this time right now. Let's just all take this time. Let's respond to the word of God.
What has God spoken to you this morning? Respond to it. God, I just pray for every person who's been in this service this morning, God. And Lord, we realize that you are saying something to us. Father, help us to walk with you on this journey. To journey through life with you. Enjoying every moment of it. Because you are taking us to our destiny. Help us to enjoy every intermediate location, every intermediate stop. It's just part of the journey. Bring us, Lord, bring each one into our destiny, into our call, into your dream for our lives. Bring this church into the destiny, into the destination you have for it. Oh God. That we will become everything you've called us to become. And we will accomplish everything you've called us to accomplish. On the face of this earth. We thank you, oh God. we close this morning, I just want to ask if there's anybody here, maybe you've come to this place for the very first time and to a church meeting, and you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. The Bible tells us that Jesus died for our sins on the cross, and, and Jesus can bring us into a meaningful relationship with the true and living God. All you've got to do is make a decision. To say, Jesus, I believe in you. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to live for you for the rest of my life. If there's anyone here this morning, and you've never asked Jesus to come into your life and take charge of your life, to take charge of your present, to wipe away your past and to give you a great future. I want you to just pray where you are and say, Jesus, take my life into your hands. Jesus, help me to follow you. Jesus, change me. Jesus, forgive my sins. Jesus, make me a child of God. Just pray from your own heart and allow Jesus to do this for you. Place your life in His hands and He will, he will take care of you. From this moment on. Father, in Jesus' name, I just place your word upon your people, Father. Declaring God that according to your word, we are all like trees planted by rivers of water. 
We will bring forth our fruit in its season. Our leaf will not wither. And whatever we do will prosper. Father, declaring God that by your Spirit we are changed from glory to glory. And we are changed into the image of your Son, Jesus Christ. Declaring God that you always cause us to triumph in all things. Father, let every person here walk in victory, walk in authority, walk in prosperity, walk in blessing, and be a, a power and have a powerful impact for your kingdom. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. Lift up His countenance on you. And give you His peace. In Jesus name. Amen. 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 God bless you. Thank you all for being here. Have a great day. Have a great week in the Lord. Amen.